uh, I think it's been now almost three years that everything just transformed with the youth ministry. And that's good because if we think back three years from where we are now, um, how many of you can say, I never thought I'd be here. I never thought I would be where I am today, um, whether it be spiritually, mature, uh, maturity-wise, um, whatever it may be. So one of the things we always have to remember is the following, is when working, uh, not even just in ministry, but in everything, when the blessing of God comes, there, there is always growth. It is impossible to have the Spirit of God. It is impossible to have the presence of God and not have growth. Um, anytime that there is the presence of God amongst people, there's always growth. That's why in the book of Acts, it says, and the Lord added every day those who were to be saved. Why? Because the Holy Spirit was active. The Holy Spirit was present. So it's important that our main focus above everything is that we keep the fire burning and the passion burning for for the Holy Spirit. That's the most important thing. We're not here to try to um, be liked by other people. People are automatically going to think we're weird because we love the Holy Spirit. They're going to think we're weird because we speak in tongues. They're going to think we're weird because we believe in signs, wonders, and miracles. Um, however, our responsibility is not with them. It's with God. And if God called us on this path, and if God has told us how we ought to go about ministry, then our responsibility is only to him. Um, I'll tell you this quote that I read years ago, and it's very important. Um, also, don't take it out of context, but it's very important. Don't let the opinions of man interfere with the instructions of God. When God gives you an instruction, don't let other people's opinions um, overcome that, overrule that. Don't let that happen because that's always going to happen because we as humans always have thousands of opinions. We think we should do it this way and this wall should be this color and that thing. Now, we should be open to, 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 uh, to help, obviously. The Bible does say that in the multitude of counselors, there is wisdom. So that's important. However, when God has directed you and told you to go about something a certain way, to do something a certain way, you can't let others' opinions overrule what God has already told you. And it's very easy to let your instruction from God be overruled by the opinions of man if you're not concrete, if you're not standing firm in Jesus. Now, it's very easy to, to, to weed out all the people you shouldn't be paying attention to anyways. You know, for example, I don't go to the gym. Uh, I don't have a fit body. I don't have a six pack. So if I go to the gym tomorrow and I see some guy lifting weights just because I did it in high school, doesn't give me the right to tell him, hey, man, you're lifting the wrong way. You should not do it that way. You should do it this way. He doesn't care about my opinion. He doesn't care about whatever I'm saying. Why? Because I have no right. So in that way, one of the easiest ways to know whether or not to pay attention to some people is what have they built for themselves? I have people that come to me and give me all kinds of advice as to how I should run the youth group, how I should disciple, how I should teach people. And 
100% of the time, not 100% of the time, maybe 99.9% of the time, it's always somebody who's never been in charge of ministry. It's always been somebody who's never been, um, who's never led a ministry. It's uh, somebody who they might have given them a Bible study, might have given them two, three, four, maybe five people to, you know, lead and couldn't do anything with it. Because for some reason, we believe we're always right. And so always keep that in mind. You're growing your small group. Don't let somebody who's never grown anything in their life come tell you, hey, you're doing it the wrong way. You should really do it this way. Now, that's not to say that there's uh, some old uh, sister from the church that's a strong intercessor and that you know the Holy Spirit's all over her give you some advice. There's people you listen to and there's people you don't. There's people you listen to that are always going to feed your spirit. And there's people you listen to that it's always going to feel like you're not doing enough. And those people you got to be careful with. Because a lot of these people will speak what's in their heart. In other words, they were never able to attain. They were never able to fulfill that calling. So they're always speaking from that perspective of, well, you know, you could do this and you know what you should have done was this because they never actually walked in their destiny that God had projected for them. So for this year, be uh, mindful and be careful and be very specific as to the voices you're going to listen to, the people you're going to listen to, um, the the advice that you're going to receive in, in your heart, in your spirit. I'll tell you the best advice that I've ever gotten has been from people that have actually led a ministry. People that were walking in their destiny. And why is that important? That's important because I'm in ministry. Now, there's been people that have told me, you know, you really should get all the young people. They need to dress better. They're leaders. They need to dress better. Okay, who are you ministering to? They're not ministering to anybody. They can't even bring their whole household to Jesus. So thank you for the advice, but no thanks. We'll continue to dress how we dress. You get what I'm saying? So at some point, you have to consider the things that they're telling you to what you're actually doing. Um, if it was up to religious people, and most of the time it's going to be religious people, but if it was up to religious people, I mean... We would never do enough. We would never have enough. That's why you'll see most churches that are based out of uh, from 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 not, not all of them, but a lot of them. That it's more about doing because that's what religion is. It's more about doing. You'll see they have an event Sunday morning, a Sunday midday, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. There's never any time for family. It's always ministry, 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 ministry. But when you read scripture, the first institution established by God was what? Marriage. What was the second one? Was it the church? No. Family. The church came way later. So family is important to God. So any church that has more ministry focused things than family, you have to be weary of that. You have to be very careful with those things because ministry never comes before family. Now, that's not to be confused with God coming before family, because God is always number one. You need to learn to know the difference between God and ministry. And many times 
because it's ministry, we think it's God. And that's where the confusion comes in with so many people where they think, well, I'm staying busy with ministry, therefore I'm intimate with God. It has nothing to do with that. I am the son of my father. If I spend all day in the yard working, mowing, cutting tree limbs, cleaning up the gutters, washing his car while he's inside his house, is that the same thing as me spending time with him? Absolutely not. The moment that I go into the house and I spend time with him, then that's when it actually starts. That's when intimacy starts. This was not what I was going to share, but this is just to open. So I, I want us to keep that in mind. Okay. Um, so, but do take notes. So today I want to talk about um, something that I really believe is the Holy Spirit because I'm not that smart. And when I was in Germany, I was praying for the youth group. I was praying for you guys. And then it just hit my spirit really hard. And when the enemy wants to destroy something, the enemy is not going to come from the outside in because everybody's expecting that. So where does he come from the inside? Because nobody's really expecting it because, oh, man, you know, how could Daniel betray me? No, we're cool. How could Ricky betray me? No, we're cool. How, how could this? No, we're, we're cool. So if he can't get in through a certain way, he's going to find a weakness. How do you get into a property that's not very well fenced? Obviously, you're not going to jump the strongest point. How are you going to get into the property? Where there's a hole, there's a crack somewhere, and you're going to work on that until you finally break through. So one of the things that I've noticed in the past couple of years and this is given this this has been a little bit more recently but it's really started from years ago and i want you guys to get this in your spirit and to know this 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 is very important because most people don't know how to do this is what is the correct way to leave a church or ministry secondly if you have a calling when is the correct time to leave? When is the correct time to fulfill your calling? Because when people leave, I've heard the most super spiritual of reasons why they leave and they're all false. So how do we know? Very well, let's go to Psalms 119, 105. 119 verse 105 is a verse we all should know by heart, by memory. It's a verse we should have in our spirit because it works even when we don't feel like it, it works. Um, because there's truth. So the Bible says, Psalms 119, verse 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It's two separate things. The word of God is what? Is a lamp to your feet. It illuminates. It tells you where you are standing at the moment. It tells you where you think you are, but where you really are. We may think we're somewhere, but once we get into scripture, scripture is going to light our feet and let us know where we're actually standing. And many times when we hold up scripture to our lives, we find out that we're not really standing where we thought we were. Secondly, it says 
that the word of God is a light to my path. So what does it do? It illuminates. It tells me the path that I should go. So that's why it's important to know scripture. Because when we know scripture, scripture is going to lead us. Scripture is going to tell us where we ought to go. So there are people that have callings. There are, um, and when I say callings, I'm talking about calling into ministry. I'm not talking about career. Now, some people do call, uh, God does call some people to, to be a doctor, to be a lawyer, to be whatever you want to do. Um, and, and that is not less than or greater than somebody that goes into the mission field, who goes into pastoral ministry. It's, it's, it's not any better. The Bible says that he called us priests and kings, kings and priests, reyes y sacerdotes, kings and priests. Now, why did he call two? He called two different groups. Why? Because kings are known for what? They're rich. They have money. They have influence. Priests are known for what? They're in the house of God. So, and for, for lack of, of a better example, so who funds in, in this sense? Who funds the, the ministers, the missionaries? Who, who sends money? The kings, because they have money. So God can call you to be a king. God can call you to be a priest. In other words, God can call you into your career. And that's where he wants you to reach people and minister to people. And you're going to minister to people and you're going to reach people through that avenue or B, he calls you into ministry full time, which sounds very exciting until you get into the ministry field and you're like, ooh, I don't know about this one, right? Um, so whatever the case may be, the word of God will always light your path. It's always gonna tell you where you go, where you should go. So um, I'll start off very simple. When God calls people, to leave, he always gives them instruction. Genesis chapter 12. Let's go to Genesis chapter 12. And this is one of the first callings that we see in scripture. God is very specific when he calls someone. He says, now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you and I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you. I will curse and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, number one, who called Abram? This is before his name was Abraham. Who called him? The Lord. So you have to understand God calls is the one that calls people to move. It's not your emotions. It's not because you got hurt. It's not because I just don't like it here anymore. It's not because, you know what? Just the worship just doesn't feel the same anymore. You know, it's just, they used to play these kind of songs back then. And then now it's just changed. You know, it's just not really my cup of tea. So I'm going to go here. It's none of that. It's God who calls someone to move. It's God who calls someone to go into another place. But every time he calls them, he gives instruction. What was the first thing that he said? He said, leave your people. He didn't say, Abraham, Abram, I've called you. You need to go. He gave him specific instruction. Leave your people, leave your kindred, leave your family. Then he said, go to a land that I will show you. And I want, I want to make a, a quick pause there because the land was to be shown later because God gave specific instruction. He said, if you leave, 
I will bless those who bless you and I will make out of you a great nation. God never calls people without giving them specific instruction and telling him or her where they ought to go. You will find that many people who are upset or are hurt or um, maybe they were in a leadership position and now they got taken down from a leadership position. They leave for the wrong reasons and they leave not knowing where they're going to go. And you have to be very careful of that because when God calls someone, he calls them and tells them where they need to go. You'll hear that most people say, I'm just going to visit some places and, uh, you know, we'll see the God, God, God will show me, which they take this out of context because God said, God gave them, God gave Abram, you need to leave your kindred, your household. In other words, you need to go to a faraway land. Once you're far, I'll show you the specific land where you ought to go. When you read scripture, you find out that he just, he went and went, and then the Lord said, it's here. So what am I trying to say here? Uh, all of us that are in ministry, at some point, God's going to call you. And once God starts depositing um, or developing talents, developing whatever it may be, influence, that's not the sign that it's your time to leave. The sign that it's your time to leave is given by God. And when God calls you out, he's going to give you a specific place to go. For Abram, it was a specific land that he ought to go. And you have to be very careful because in that gap of time, if you don't have specifics and if you don't have instruction from God, the devil will take advantage of that. Because 99.9% .9 of people that leave churches or leave ministries or make a switch to another church. Now, don't take this out of context. I'm not saying this because of people that have left. We've had well over 100 people leave the church within the past couple of years. But nobody has ever taken the time to talk about it. Nobody has ever taken the time to teach the correct way you ought to go. You have to know where you're going because if you leave with a hurtful heart or a bitter heart or you're upset because you got taken down, you got demoted from leadership or you used to be on the preaching team. Now you're on the welcome team and you're upset for whatever reason. Your feelings got hurt, basically. Then and if you don't know where you ought to go, then you're not going to be consistent. And when you're not consistent, the enemy comes and he comes to attack. And he's going to take away and rob all the years that you served God. And most of these people end up being away from church and they stop serving in ministry. They stop giving the way they used to all because they made a move before the correct time. And anybody who serves God, anybody who's in ministry has to be at the level of, of a maturity level to understand that your feelings are off to the side when it comes to the direction instruction of God. Now, modern Christianity is going to tell you, oh, you know, we need to take into account their feelings. They, they feel bad. And I get it. God cares. We should care to an extent. But we don't move the sun and the moon because Jacob got upset because he didn't get a coffee cup that was personalized like everybody else. You get what I'm saying? So all this is not to be taken to an extreme. Take it down the middle. So God calls people. So when does God call people? Um, let's go to Acts chapter 13. In Acts chapter 13, we see we see two things. And I got to hurry up because I don't have a lot of time. 
And if you guys have questions, please interrupt me because it's very important that you guys um, ask questions. What did I say? Ask what? 13, yeah. It says, uh, verse 2. Well, let's go to verse 1. Now, there were in the church of Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Serene, uh, Manian, I don't know how you pronounce his name, a, life, a lifelong friend of Herod, the Tetra, whatever, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. There's two things going on there. What's going on? Can anybody catch it? They were worshiping and fasting. In other words, they were seeking the Lord. Who was seeking the Lord? Everybody. There was leaders, there was teachers, there was prophets. So keep that in mind because I'm going to talk about that. And then the Holy Spirit spoke and said to them, uh, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So what were they doing when the Holy Spirit spoke? Worshiping and fasting. Then what they did, what did they do before they sent them off? Prayed and fasted some more. In other words, you see two different instances here. It's not the same instance. When God calls a person, the moment that he calls a person is not the moment that he or she is to be sent off into the ministry, into your career path or whatever it may be. There's a moment of processing that happens with every single person. It's a three-step thing. God calls, God processes, and then God sends off. That's the way it works with everybody. Just because you have talent, just because uh, you, you have uh, great influence, whatever, it doesn't mean that it's your time to go. God will process a person first every single time. Same thing happened with Saul. Saul, the Bible says, um, well, people say he was knocked off the horse, but the Bible just says that he was knocked to the ground. He was blind. He had to go and spend days in fasting and prayer and being taught the scriptures before he became the Apostle Paul. There's a time of processing for every person. Um, so you have to understand when God calls you, if God has put a calling in you, that's great. But let me tell you, from the moment that God calls you to the moment you're actually sent off to walk in your calling, it's going to be some years. It's going to be some time. Sergio, do you remember the first time that you were called? <laughs> Living the, the, the vida loca? Yeah. That man was still lost and, and the Lord was calling him. Yeah. And how long, how long has that been? At least what? 14 years? 14, 15 years. Now, that's not to say that God can't process you in a year. It's going to be a painful year and then send you off the following year. Um, my friend Cesar, I met him um, in Germany. He's from Austria. He gave his life to the Lord in March. And by June, he was in Brazil doing missions. Now he's a pastor and has, he's been in Austria for 20 years. So God works differently. But according to scripture, uh, now God 
I won't say God makes exceptions. I'll say there are exceptions, but more than likely you're not the exception, right? Because especially because we live in the United States and the United States is very me, me, me. It's a very narcissistic country and it's all about me. And you know, you didn't get my, I wanted 2% milk and you put home milk and it's just, I wanted Splenda and you put, you know, whatever, stevia, whatever, yeah, sweet and low. I didn't want that. So we're very, we're, 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 we're very all about ourselves. So I would go as far as to say, you know, you're from the U.S., your process is going to be a little longer than somebody else because we're used to commodities. We're used to, we got to have our coffee. We got to have our, you know, Dutch, Starbucks. We got to, you know, no. You go off into ministry, you're probably not going to have that stuff. I was in Germany and I felt like an idiot. I'll go, where's the nearest Starbucks? They're like, oh, I'll look it up. I looked it up. And I didn't know if this person was saying look it up because they didn't know or look it up, you American. You're not in America. I looked it up, it was two hours away. That was the nearest one. I was like, oh man, that's far. They're like, oh, it's far, huh? It's far, I was like, condescending person, you know, but whatever. Anyways, so when God calls you to the moment he sends you off, there's a process. Now the church has sent off people and the correct way to leave is that the church would have, would have you be sent off, that you're prayed for, and you're sent off to your ministry, to the next project, to the country where you're going. That is the correct way. Now, notice that in this scripture, it says that there was prophets and there was teachers. In other words, there was leaders. There was important people also praying for the same thing. When God calls you and God will begin to put in your heart, hey, time's almost here. Time's almost here. The correct way and the biblical way is that the leaders, the pastors, the leadership, your spiritual authorities, they start praying for you and with you to see when the moment's going to come. Roberto Carlos, before he left to work in the prisons in El Salvador, you know what he was doing? He got really close to pastor. His whole schedule changed. He'd go to work, he'd get off work, he'd go get himself some coffee, and whether it was cold or hot, he'd get coffee. And then he had this book that was called The Century of the Holy Spirit, and he would go to Herman Baker and he would read for hours. He would sit there, he would read, he would have his alone time with, with the Lord. He'd be crying, then he'd call pastor every day. Dio, Dio. So he got really close to pastor. Now, it wasn't just the family that knew he had a calling. It was the whole church because when God calls a person, it's evident. Everybody knows and everybody can be a witness to that calling. Secondly, same thing with uh, Pastor Alejandro. Uh, thirdly, Pastor Juan, he got really close to pastor before he left. Why? Because it was part of the process, because there's things that you have to develop and you have to learn. So um, he got close and then he was sent off to Gunner. We prayed for him. We went over there. We celebrated together because God is never going to call someone to fulfill their ministry without. How can I word this? Without their spiritual authority of ministry, if you will. For example, you see it in nature. No baby is just born by itself. You got to have a mother. You got to have a father. No person just up one day says, you know what? I'm just going to go serve Jesus. No, there's always somebody that's put in your path. There's got to be somebody that sends you off. Does that make sense? So, um, the Bible says that they laid hands on them again and then sent them off. That was a, that was a second instance. So the leadership and yourself will also receive confirmation when it's time to go. 
for example, with Sergio, it's we knew, we just knew, we didn't know when, but we just knew. Now, yeah, we've talked about it, but everybody kind of knows. Even when he, when he got really close to me, um, and then started helping in ministry, it just felt like he wasn't going to be here for a long time. I was like, I got to take advantage of this because he's not going to be here for a long time. And guess what? We're what three months away. It's like three months away, less than a hundred days away. But that's the way God works. Now, his process, very different because it was a process of years and then at least one year of just full time going into ministry, dealing with people, um, ironing out all the stuff that needs to be ironed out. And that leads me to. What is this, my third, fourth thing? I don't know. Whatever it is on your notes, God's never going to call you to leave and still have uh loose ends. What I mean by that is unresolved conflict. Um, you know, I was in a fight with Ricky because I wanted to play drums and Ricky was just, he just thought he was better because he wears Gucci shoes and stuff. And so, or, so I just decided to leave. <laughs> I'll tell you this right now. I would go as far as to say that anybody who leaves upset or mad at anybody I don't think I have a hard time believing that God called them to leave because no ministry can heal your heart. No church can heal your spirit. No church can catapult you into walking into your destiny. Oh, they just never, I'll tell you guys a perfect example. There was a, a family here who had great talent, amazing talent for everything, preaching, teaching, uh, music, ministry, singing, everything had amazing talent. But they'd never submit to pastor. They always thought they were better. And they didn't see the need to get involved. They didn't see the need for any of that. So then what do they do? They're just like, you know what? We're just going to stop serving. Well, I, I say that because, oh, they, they would say this. They would say this. They would say, at this church, we don't get an opportunity to serve and to show off our talents and everything that God's given us. So well, uh, a couple of them, they ended up moving to, to another church, to a big church. And their whole reason to why they moved, which obviously everybody uh, comes up with the, with the most amazing spiritual excuses, which feel God, you know, God has given us a heart for the state and, you know, we just want to go. But you never did that here. And you have to understand this is a very practical principle. What you don't do now, you're not going to do later. If you say, I'm going to give to missions when I have a business, you're not giving now. You're not going to give later. If you don't tithe now, you're not going to tithe later. Oh, just when I make a little bit more, you're not tithing now. You're not going to tithe later. So what you don't do presently, you're never going to do in the future. So they left. And the reason I bring them up is because um, they believed, at least that part of the family believed that in going to another ministry, they would be catapulted into the level of serving and they're walking in their destiny. And it doesn't work that way because the same thing, walking in your destiny, getting your heart healed, getting your household in order, all that stuff. None of that's going to change because it's not dependent on the church or the ministry you go to. It's dependent on yourself, your personal relationship with God. That's why it's called a personal relationship with God. Notice that when, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Notice that whenever the 
soldiers come to take Jesus. How many was there? You guys remember? Was there five, ten? If I remember correctly, I think there was 200 that came to arrest Jesus. One of them, in Spanish, his name is Malco. He is the one that got his ear cut, got cut off by who? Peter. Now, who healed that ear? Was it Peter? Was it the people around him? Who was it? Jesus. The Bible says he grabbed that ear, put it back. The only person, and you have to remember this, the only person that's ever going to heal even the wounds caused by the people of God is Jesus. It's not a church. It's not another ministry. It's not going to another country. Changing churches and changing ministries or changing, moving to a whole another country, it's just like the same thing that happens, you know, when there's a breakup and the girl goes and dyes her hair, you know, and the guy decides, you know what, I'm just going to you know, buy a whole new wardrobe and get new shoes. It's the same thing, except we just spiritualize it a little bit more. And because people don't know scripture, they will, they will support it. There's a correct way when God calls you, and it's not that way. Now, let's talk about ethics real quick, because this is very important. Does anybody have any questions? What about you guys online? You guys have any questions? Send it in the chat. If you got, yeah. Oh, that's very good. Through your family because yeah. That can always, like, even when you don't want it to, even when they don't want it to, it can skew the. Yeah. It can be biased. I'm glad you brought that up. And this is very important to, to know. When you're praying for something or you're praying for someone, um, this goes to relationships, this goes to even jobs. Um, this is not to be confused with taking a step of faith either. But many people say, I'm going to ask for a sign or signs. The problem with that is that the signs that people ask for are signs that they're really stupid signs. Like, well, if I if I should go to this school, then I want my, my mom as soon as I get to the house just to bring it up. And, and you come home and because your mom's a talker, she's like, so have you decided what school you're going to go to? I was thinking about, you know, Austin College. Oh, that's it. That's it. Because when you don't know the voice of God, any voice that sounds similar or, or, or yeah, sounds similar to God's, you're going to run after it. That's why I started this with your word is a lamp unto my feet. First, you have to know where you're standing. Secondly, in a light to my path, you have to understand. And I want you to, to, to know these two things. I'm going to explain the first one. When you've already made up your mind about something, don't expect God to tell you yes or no, because you've already made up your mind. God is not going to override your will. Like, oh, I'm just praying for this person and I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm still praying. Yeah. For why you, you guys are dating. Why, why are you still praying? You've already made up your mind. Well, I just, I just, I don't know. That means you're unsure. That means you don't know. So that's the first thing. Don't expect God to answer when you've already made up your mind. Secondly, when you're praying about a move, whether it's to another country, to another city, to um, 
another ministry, another church, you want a yes or a no. You don't want a maybe. If God doesn't give you a yes, then by default, it's a what? It's a no. But if God doesn't say anything, what is that? It's a no. It's a no. Because he will either say yes or he'll say no for that specific moment. Now, opening the, spe the spectrum a little broader, he'll say yes, no, or not now. And not now means no. Because you have to, you, 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 you have to come to the realization that God is interested in saving people. That's why there's people that will make changes or switches to churches because salvation is on the line. They're not, there's nothing happening here. They're not coming to church. Their situation is getting worse. Well, you, you know what? All of a sudden, that person that you're praying for, whether it's your father, your mother, whoever it is, your son, your daughter, brother or sister, they're going to this church. You're not going to be religious and say, no, you need to come here because we're a family unit and our unit needs to stay together. No, salvation's on the line. They got to be saved. That's the most important thing. So I'm going to get back to, to the confirmation and things, but this is very important because people take the whole thing of we're a family and we got to stay together a little bit too serious. You're 18 years old. You're an adult. You don't have to go everywhere your mom and dad go. You're 50 years old with grandkids. You don't have to stay at that church where you've been struggling for the past 30 years just because that's where your mom and your dad, they died. And their wish was for everybody to say, no, when there's salvation on the line, you decisions have to be made and you have to go to where you know there will be salvation. Does that make sense? So now, obviously, you know, you got kids that are 10, 12 years old. You don't want the kids going over there and then the parents going over there and you want everybody to be to be together. But um, you're 18, you're an adult, make decisions like an adult, you know. And I, I would say after you're 18, you know, every decision you make, be led by God. Um, don't let me forget. I need to explain. Well, I'm going to go about the signs. This actually ties into to the signs. This is very important. Um, because even in, in, in relationships, can God say yes to a relationship and then later say no? The belief is no. Can God say yes, move to that church and then later say no? God's not a God that doesn't know what to do and doesn't know how to go about. He, God's not a God that hasn't made up his mind yet. Now, can you make a decision going forth? But then God says, you need to stop that. Yes, I'll explain it this way. Um, who was the first king of Israel? Saul. Who put King Saul as a king over Israel? Was it the people? Or was it, who was it? Well, it was the people. The people called, uh, called King Saul? Uh, so the anointing and the green light came from who? God. The people wanted a king. So then King Saul had God's approval. 
why later in scripture do we see that God had departed from Saul? Because his heart changed, his heart moved. It is possible that God would call you somewhere. It is possible that God would give you a green light to start a business, to enter into a relationship, to um, start a career, whatever it is that would give you the green light. But because your heart changed, it is possible that God says no. It's the same thing as King Saul. King Saul had God's approval. But what happened to get his disapproval to the point where God departed from him? It was his heart. His heart completely changed. Anything that's going to push you, pull you away from God, does not have God's approval. Whether that be a relationship, whether that be a job, friendships, ministry, churches, anything that's pulling you away from what God is doing and wants to do will not have God's approval. It won't. Because God's not interested in our happiness. He's interested in our holiness. Now, he's not a bad father where he's going to say, oh, I want you to be, you know, sad and depressed your whole life because I want you to be holy. No, he's going to give us good things because the Bible says he's a good father. Does that make sense? Now, as far as confirmation, can God use prophets? Yes, God can use prophets. Can God use your family? Yes, God can use your family. There's nothing better than having the confirmation from God through his word. And that's a process. Because if you're very unsure of what you ought to do, don't make a decision until nothing and no one can tell you that the decision you made was not from God. Why do I say that? Read scripture to the point that God confirms in scripture. God gives you dreams. God gives you supernatural signs, not stupid signs like uh, I want somebody to send me a text message or a random email that says, hey, I need to go to school instead of ministry or I need to go to Bible school. You're going to get that. It's the algorithms. They hear you what you talk about. They know what you're into. Ask for something supernatural. I'll give you guys a quick example. Um, Benny Hinn. How, uh, how do you know he was supposed to marry the woman that he married? Um, he told the Lord before anybody was even on, on the radar. He said, the person that I want to marry, I want that woman to bake me a strawberry cake. So he's out flying, going different places to ministry. He gets to this certain city. And the one of the ladies that's there with the people that are picking him up has a strawberry cake. She says, here, I baked this for you. The Lord, you know, after she revealed that the Lord had told her, but she said, here, this is for you. That's how we know that's the woman I'm supposed to marry. There was nothing going on, but the Lord revealed to him. So as for signs that are not, you know, common, as for signs that are supernatural. And, uh, and that way you're going to know because you know that you know that you know that the decision and the instruction is from God. That's how you're going to know. Make sense? So the reason that, that I'm teaching this to you guys is because as we grow, the enemy is going to want to pick apart people in leadership of youth. How many people did we have last year? I don't know, around September in the summer before youth camp. You remember those meetings? It's quite a bit of people. Yeah. How many is it now? have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, about eight, nine. We don't have, we don't have the, the same amount. 
Why? Because any time that there's something growing, and any time there's a threat to the enemy, he's going he's gonna to want to pull that apart. So it's important that you know when you're called, when it's your time to go. Make sense? Did that kind of answer your question? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, good. So everybody, anybody have questions about the signs and stuff? Everybody's just such a fan of signs. Trust me, in the world you, you live in, you ever bought a car that you never saw before? For example, um, I never used to see Mercedes. Then when Karen started coming to church, and I was like, oh, she's got a Mercedes. You know where I see him? I see him everywhere. I'm like, there's a white Mercedes. Oh, that's a Mercedes. Like I used to never see Mercedes. You ever bought a car that you never saw, and all of a sudden you have it, and then everybody else has it? Same thing. When, you, when you're looking for something, you're going to find it. You want a sign that, hey, man, I need to leave. You're going to find it. But you want a sign that comes from God. You want something. You want confirmation. Make sense? I would say this, these three things. Have confirmation in Scripture, confirmation in your spiritual authorities, and confirmation um, in the situation. What I mean by situation is circumstance. Um, that everything is set up for you to go. The land is ready. The hearts are ready. It's time to go. So in Scripture, spiritual authorities, and the, the, the circumstance, the situation all around you is ready. You're not going to want to go during there's a time of war, uh, uh, you know, in the church, you know, spiritual warfare. You're like, yeah, I'm out, man. God's calling me. No, you left because you were scared. Right. So you want to leave when the circumstance and the situation's right, because that's how God works. So as far as ethics, if you're going to another church, number one, have valid reasons why you are leaving. Got to have valid reasons. It's not just I just feel like, you know, just feel like, no. What are the reasons? Um, I will never listen to someone who says, I just really feel like I'm supposed to leave. Okay, why? I just feel like, okay, you're feeling, but that's going to change the moment you walk out the door. What are the valid reasons? The reasons should have nothing to do with emotions. Um, secondly, bring a recommendation letter from your pastor. Wherever a church you're going to, if you left on good terms, then a letter of recommendation is never hard to get. And it's the right way to do it too. Um, I would like that, you know, I did that, um, with Hector. Uh, he said, um, you know, do you need a letter? I was like, it would be nice to get one. And so he went and got one because he left the right way. He talked to his pastor and then he brought the letter. So there's a right way to do things. Um, because you want God's blessing when you go to the next place, leave in good standing. Don't leave with, like I said, things untied, um, you want to, you don't want to leave because, you know, you were in a fight with someone. Resolve any outstanding conflicts, anything like that. This is very important. When you move or when you go to a place, commit yourself to your next church, to your ministry. Commit yourself. That's one of the things that I, I like about um, Sergio and Corelli. They went to Bible school. They've committed. They're involved. Because, yeah, they're going there. Yes, they're part of here but they're committed to what they're doing. So commit, serve. And that's very important. So you, you, you got to commit. If you don't commit, man, you're going to be up and down. You're going to be going from church to church to church to church. You don't want to be that person. You don't want to be like that. Now, there are certain situations and circumstances. You know, you go to a church, church closed down. So you go to another church. Whoa, that church was weird. You know, 
the pastor wanted alone meetings with the women. That's weird by himself, you know, uh, let's go to another church. So there are situations, right? Um, what is this three? Talk to your leaders. Obviously, let them know, hey, I have a calling. I really feel called to this place. Pray together. Um, if there's ever any reason that you feel in your spirit and you think that God has called you, as soon as you start thinking about it, let your leaders know, let your pastor know. And you start praying at that moment. So let them know. Um, if you're in a leadership position, do your best to try to find <clears throat> someone to, to replace you. Now, maybe you won't find someone, but try to find someone. You know, if I leave, I'm going to try to find someone. And you see, no, well, then the Lord's going to bring somebody. <laughs> and this is this is the last one. Um, when it's your time to leave, be ready to fulfill that calling that God God has put over you. You know, I came back from Dallas from Bible school believing that I was going to start fulfilling my calling. And that didn't happen. I was in charge of the youth. I was the first generation. But that was just nothing but processing over and over. I love those kids so much. I remember I would cry. And I was like, why am I crying over these little punks, man? You know, and it was the love that was being developed because I would need that for this time. Um, so keep that in mind. There's a right way to go about things. When you go to another church, I'll say this too. Don't go in there thinking that you're the biggest hotshot. Yeah, you're not the bomb.com. There's many other people in there that are also called. Um, this is my personal way of, uh, of doing things. When I moved churches, because I was in Bible school, I didn't go in there telling everybody, hey man, I lead worship. Hey man, I play drums. Hey man, I preach. Hey, I know about this and now I know about that. No, you know what the first thing was? I built relationships. I went in there, just introduced myself. I was like, hi, I'm, you know, I'm, I go to the Bible school here down the street. Oh, cool. And because of that, do you know how far I got in that church? It was a 2000 member church. I got really close with the pastor. The pastor became my personal mentor. But it didn't start off with this is what I do. No. Because it's not about what you know, it's not about what you do, it's about who you are. And who you are should build relationships. That's why I always emphasize be amongst people. People who don't care about souls should not be in ministry. But there are people who are in ministry, unfortunately, because of their talent and they don't care about people. You need to care about people. And you, do you know how many stupid conversations I've had with some some people like, yeah, man, and this is not on people who play Fortnite, but I'm using it as an example. Yeah, man, Fortnite this and Fortnite that. I have to pretend like I care. I don't care. I'm like, really? Wow, that's cool. So what is this? Oh, it's a game, bro. Do you play? No, no I don't. You should play. Yeah, you know what? Maybe. But all it is for what? For what reason? To build a relationship. 
So when I got to that church, I didn't come in thinking I was a hot shot. I just built relationships and I became friends with all the leaders. I became friends with all the pastoral family. I went to the past. I had the pastor's number. I'd call him all the time. He'd call me. We'd go out. We'd run errands together. And then people would say, hey, man, you haven't even been here a year. How do you know these people? Is it is it because your dad's a pastor? No, my dad doesn't even know half these people. Oh, OK, so who are you? You got to be somebody important. Uh, no, I'm just a regular average guy. Well, um, pastor doesn't like when people spike their hair and you spike your hair. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm sorry. I've only been here less than a year. Why? Because God will exalt you when you submit yourself. God will exalt you. But it always starts off with relationships. Always. So if God calls you to another ministry, to another church, don't go wanting to be in charge. Don't go wanting to be on stage. Don't go wanting to be like the hot shot. Like, I got the fresh fire and you guys need me. No, submit yourself and God is going to exalt you. Amen. Um, let's see. I'll read you guys a quote that I remembered uh, from a long time ago. When I was in Dallas, actually, somebody said, God has put in my heart that I'm supposed to leave this church and not speak to any of you again. <laughs> God doesn't do that stuff. A lot of the stuff, it's common sense. It's common sense. However, we like to over-spiritualize it. Anybody have any questions? Um, anything? No? Either I'm a very good teacher or you guys just... I highly doubt it. Um, I'll go one by one. Um, what do you what, what do you think you're called to, or has God put a calling in in your heart and your spirit of the things you know you ought to do? If you don't know, you don't know, and that's fine. Okay, Jacob, you don't know, uh, that's okay. Corrells, well, what what is it? Go out to the nations. <laughs> I, I, I'm glad you, you said that. Um, it's very important in regards to calling. God's never going to call you to the nations if you can't do anything here. If, if God can't entrust you with a small group here, he will never entrust you with the nations. So when God calls people to the nations, part of the process is you start from the bottom. You help with the pupusas, you help with cleaning, you help with all that stuff. And God will process you in the parts that hurt the most. So that's important. This building? If you don't know, you don't know. But that just technically started. Right. That's good. That's very good. Nobody else clapped? Yadira? You don't know? What about career-wise? I mean, it could be career. When I talk about calling, I'm not just talking about ministry. Okay. Because I wanted to be when I was like, you know, like singing. 
Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Freaky? Oh, two of them. I can't let you on. She wants to know. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you prayed for a sick person? Well, there's your answer right there. Until you, if you believe there's a calling on you for that, then that's something you're going to do all the time. Because God's not going to give you something. And it, it's like a cell phone, man. If I gave you a cell phone and I said, hey, man, there's some amazing things here for you. And there's money in here for you. You need to transfer it to your bank account. You say, okay, thanks. You put it away for three or four months. Do you think it still has battery? No, it's going to die out. But if you use it every day, you charge it every day. You'll have access to what's in there. So there's your answer there. Man, dude, just go around. Are you sick? No. Are you sick? Yeah, let me pray for you. That's how you do it. I used to come, I used to, come to the church in the middle of the night when I knew there was nobody here, turn on the sound system and preach to the benches. And one time I was dumb enough to say, Lord, send some angels here. I would love for there to be some angels present. I could preach to them. And the most scary feeling came over me in the middle of me preaching. And I was like, I'm out. I turned off the stuff <laughs> and I took off. <laughs> Serge, well, we all know that, but right. What is it? What is it? <laughs> Missions for a while. The pastoral ministry. Danielito? Something crazy? Here, here's, here's something that's, that's, uh, that's good to know. When God calls a person... I've noticed that for many people, now it could not happen this way, but I've noticed, um, at least in my case, in Sergio's case, pastor's case, that it's brought up by people that don't even know each other because they're able to see it. So God will confirm that calling. So you got 50% of it. Now you just know, need to know when. So as soon as you know that you have a calling, I would suggest submit yourself to someone. Submit yourself to the pastor. Submit yourself to, to, to your leader. Say, hey, I have a calling. I, I, I need to be processed by the Lord. And you will. 